The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. stars welcome this is sharita star it's the sharita star and power hour thank you for being here and good morning good day good evening good afternoon wherever you're listening from in the world to the sharita star and power hour it's time once again to get conscious dear stars welcome to episode 36 and the 23rd of 2023 Maintaining our frequency and vibration in 2024 with returning special guest, Feng Shui for the Soul author, Amanda Gates. And we can also uh, be working with this episode as The Art of Puttering Part 2, as we'll be getting to in just a moment. Our last episode and the 22nd of 2023 was Navigating Grief in the Holiday Season with returning special guest, Ohm to Max creator, Catherine O'Neill. And I thank you all very much for your uh, kind feedback on that sensitive episode, compassionate episode, uh, which we, you know, again, spirit truly guided to have that available because not everyone feels joyous this time of the year as much as Sure, it is a wonderful season of feeling gratitude and what it is that we're thankful for, but a lot of people in this world, and especially in the collective now, there's so much more grief than there ever was in humanity's existence, at least as far as those of us who are in human suits in in this time. Uh, There's a lot of heaviness on our planet and uh, if again, if you're just joining us for the first time, and as always, thank you for being here, make sure you check out that last episode if grief or, you know, someone you know, if it's not you personally, if uh, you know they're navigating a form of grief, that episode was specifically designed to be able to give them some tips and tools. And as one of the biggest takeaways from the episode uh, granted is it's okay to feel sad even though it is a holiday season. So, all right. Well, without further ado, uh, this, of course, is a uh, when Amanda and I, our special guest today, were able to record this episode to allow us to look ahead at what we are going to be, you know, kind of how that collective energy is going to be requiring us to work to maintain our frequency and vibration to cross over into the universal new year energy of 2024. We had not really finished the conversation in completion from September. And if, again, if you're just joining us today for the first time, be sure to go back. It was, uh, it aired on the 22nd of September. You'll, you'll find that the shocking truth about frequency and vibration was the part one of kind of what today's continuing conversation is all about. And Amanda Gates was our very first guest on, uh, the podcast at the beginning of this year. 
Uh, we celebrated her book, Feng Shui for the Soul, and uh, she came back gratefully uh, uh, to us uh, in September, and we got into this maintaining, uh, we got into the shocking truth of frequency and vibration, and so now we're going to be working with maintaining it. And without further ado, we are just going to let you hear what she has to say. Okay, so as always, it's such a wonderful pleasure to have you back with us, Amanda. Um, thank you so much for taking the time today to be with us and have this ready to go, because there's so much more to the conversation about this uh, art of puttering that we kind of came up with in the in in the last time you joined us, and I think uh, for walking into 2024 uh we need a part two and a little bit more juicy details so you know let's just dive on in and get conscious <laughs> yeah thanks for having me back well i think that if if uh people were able to listen to the first show we kind of got into the nuts and bolts of how we got here i think that you know we we kind of we as a culture we are, it's so ingrained in us to be a certain way. And we don't even take a step back and think about like, why are we doing it this way? And, and a lot of people don't question the system. And, and when you realize that it's really by design, we talked about Taylorism and we talked about Six Sigma and how these corporations and companies and things have, have literally ingrained this into us since the industrial revolution Yeah, uh, and really taken us away from, this way of living close to nature and honoring those circadian rhythms and, and seasonal living. Um, but that's how we got into this uh, high achieving, high striving, egotistical, con like high level of consumerism way of life. And I think it's so ingrained in us now at this level that we're experiencing high levels of PTSD anxiety. Um, people are dealing with a lot of illnesses, autoimmune. Um, you're seeing a lot more autism. There's, there's just all these things that are going on that we didn't have. Like my mom was saying the other day when she got out of nursing school and I think she graduated 81, 82, they had been taught about autism. And it was like in probably a 25 year span of her career, she had never seen a child with autism. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was like, Every child had autism. It's so, alarming. If you want to go down that, that, you know, that's like that. That's like a whole topic for another show of what has happened medically with with people and the things. Uh, you know, just like you're saying, we didn't have these things. Uh, you know, forty years ago, there there was no such thing as. I mean, autoimmune. I mean, autoimmune. But, but, yeah, you didn't have body. these fifty million things that could be plausibly wrong with you, and and it it, it is sad what is happening to children. Uh, uh, like I well, said, that, that is a whole other topic for another day. But you're 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 bang on with you know having that awareness of there's something not right. You know. Yeah, I mean, we've got adults that are on more medications than they've ever been. In fact, the U S has more, we're something like most countries are, you know, they're 
uh, society is like 30% on drugs and Americans, it's something like 87% of all Americans are on some type of prescription drugs. I mean, it's astronomically, uh, the, the scales that tip towards, uh, abuse of alcohol, drugs, prescription drugs. Um, but people are coping. They, they cope That's with right. addictions. They cope with, uh, drugs and alcohol. They cope with shopping, um, video games, porn, whatever they can drive their energy into. And it's, it basically comes down to anxiety. Mm -hmm. And when you look back to, which is what we talked in, you know, show one with how this was built by design to get more productivity out of an employee. And we're seeing it now. We were just talking before the show, how, Employers are wanting, you know, this laundry list of skills and education for very little money. And it's, you know, something has to break here soon because this is what's happening to society is, is there, you know, I, uh, we talked about this in the last show, I downsized to try to save on rent and it's still, my rent is still very high considering what I'm living in. And it's like, I'm considering taking a job that's okay, but you know, I got laid off over the summer and I need money. And this is, this is where a lot of people are is they're working at dead end jobs. They're doing things they don't want to do. They're driving, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours into things that they don't want to be doing. And like we talked about, and you've talked about America was built on entrepreneurial spirit and creativity. And it's like, we're all doing a bunch of stuff we don't want to be doing because we feel like we have to, but that's what's been ingrained in us because it it's profitable. It's what keeps the economy turning, churning and burning. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that we have the power. If, you know, if I, I realized the other day I was driving and I was like, if every single person that rented an apartment just decided, you know, on December 1st, we're not going to pay our rent. You know, you're talking, millions of people, the landlords are going to be like, oh, we really don't have the power. It's, you know, it's getting people to do that. Exactly. Uh, A brilliant point right there. Uh, If humanity would band together and stand up for itself, and especially, you know, here in America, and, and at the time that, you know, we're having the opportunity to record this so that this will air December 1st, as uh, is on the schedule, we haven't uh, had the opportunity to see the awakening that is supposed to be happening in America during November. And, I, you know, I don't know by the time this will air, um, like I said, as we're getting this opportunity to grab this today, uh, because everybody's got these crazy schedules. And, you know, what will have happened in November here that maybe has started the the process, um, as I had done a, a couple of episodes back in, in October, of uh, the American forecast for November, just focusing on what America is experiencing during the month of November 2023, and it represents the awakening. So we'll see what has transpired, and uh, obviously this is December 1st as this will be airing, so I I truly hope America is going to start to to pick up the phone because we're going to have to band together as Americans and stop complying to everything that doesn't resonate with our soul anymore. 
and doesn't sit in our heart space and isn't humane and and isn't even natural anymore. Uh, a couple other episodes ago, I did um, the I talked about lexigrams and I, I read the lexigrams of the Native American Indians and it was profound. Uh, what they have to share with us, who to me are the ancestors of this country. Yeah. You know, so we well, have to get back to basic simplicity at some point. They've seen the, you know, this reckoning of sorts. It's called the day of purification. We don't exactly know when that is, but I mean, they see it. They see that the system is broken. Um, but by design, we have been led to believe that we need to work to make money, to make, you know, money to buy things and to consume and to rack up debt because debt creates interest. It, it's all a system. It's, it's a system built to keep the economy churning and burning. And we have gotten caught up in this rat race and we've gotten so far removed from spiritual matter in our lives. And what we talked about in the first show is the the core of it is how do we get back to puttering which is to be in a state of flow and being in a state of flow comes down to vibrational resonance and for you to be in a vibrational resonance you have to be involved in a different state of mind you have to have spiritual matter in your life whatever that looks like for you but you have to have spiritual matter and the further away you get from that which is where most of society is we're in those beta brain waves you know Mm -hmm. we're frenetic we're chaotic you can see it with road rage and people snapping and being anxious and um just being agitated all the time. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they take that energy and they drive it right into the wrong things, which is what our culture tells us to do. Go shopping, try this video game, try this drug, let's go drink and, you know, whatever it is, plug it in. But again, the further you get away from the spiritual matter, the lower your vibration stays And the lower your vibration stays, the further removed you are from the spiritual matter. So it becomes kind of a loop. And when you can take a step back and realize this and kind of step out of the program, you can take that energy and slow down. And it's going to look different for everyone. It could be walking in nature. It could be meditation. It could be reading a book. Whatever it is is for you to get you down into those alpha brain waves, which is going to put you back in a state of flow, open up your intuition. Um, but then you realize that you don't need those things. You don't need the drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol. You don't mm-hmm. need the drugs. You don't need those things to get through life. And yeah. then if everybody could start doing that, then, you know, the economy is no longer as appealing to, you know, consume, consume, consume. And I have a great quote in my book. Um, and, you know, I, uh, this is a quote by Billy Graham, which we all know uh, was a, uh, a very large spiritual leader, I think in the 50s and 60s. I think he even got his start. I think he actually started in the late 40s. Um, so he uses the G word for God, but plug in universe, spiritual matter, 
God, <laughs> whatever works for you. And, and I, to, to just, um, affirm what you said, uh, you know, when people talk about being spiritual, some people like kind of, I think get very confused. Oh, that means you have to be religious. And, and I, and I go, no, 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 no. It's not about religion at all. Because to me, if, if you can kind of take a step back and, and discern that a little bit, religion is outside of us and spirituality is within us. And if, if we can just take that and apply whatever spirituality means to you and, and, and beautifully stated, as you said, of if, if you meditate, if you like to go take a walk in nature, if you like to go plant your garden, or if you're a cook or baker or whatever it is you like to do to keep that creative flow going so that you're just, you're feeling good because as you talk consistently throughout your entire book, everything is about how you feel. And nobody's feeling good. Uh, I, I mean, the average person right now is not feeling very good. And we got to, we have to heal that. So yeah. Yeah. Billy Graham, what does Billy Graham have to say? So uh, again, and I'm glad, that's a good point. I'm glad you say that because I feel like um, that's a good point to mention that we have to remember that religion the core of it was very pure and had excellent meaning, but it has been manipulated by white men for control. So religion is another coping mechanism where we drive our energy into something that we think is good. And it's been heavily manipulated. Um, you know, religion and government force of, you know, uh, wrong forces to uh, give us information. But um, Billy Graham said down inside, most of us feel that something is missing in our lives and we try to fill it in all sorts of ways, but only God can fill it. Cultures are different. People are different. But the needs of the human heart are the same. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was said by Billy Graham. And it's so true because I think that um, we, we get that anxiety and we don't know what to do with it. And our culture does not teach us properly. It doesn't teach us that we can throw down in the kitchen and, and make a delicious meal and that can be spiritual. It doesn't teach us to um, spend more time with our family and to get outside. And what it teaches us is to strive more, to achieve and to, you know, make the status quo and to buy more and to have the look and to have the house and to have the cars. And we truly believe that when we get that next thing, then we're going to fill that void. But then yeah. it doesn't. And we then it doesn't. It's it's yeah, it's it's just a coping mechanism as as you've again brilliantly pointed out. All of these things are coping mechanisms because it's not from within, it's only on the outside. It's yeah. not cultivating the inside, or as you know, you also, you know, have so many you know, and as you know, we, I said, li listen, if you have a, you know, a, a limited budget this year and you're looking for a really, really great gift for your, you know, more spiritually oriented or people who are just looking to raise their consciousness, um, Amanda's book is just so delicious and it has so much profoundly deep advice in it. And, um, it is. I, I, I think it's an, under, is it, it's in, this is, this is going to be like an under, under, $30 gift that you can gift. Oh, way below that. I think and way below that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 
you get into so, I mean, there's just so many, you have to read the book. That's, that, that's just the bottom line at the end of the day. Um, so that not only can you achieve more ohm for your home, but you can, you know, have your own chi in place the way that you need to, which is, I believe, going to be more important than ever as a human species, whether you live here in America or you live anywhere in this world. Um, and as we know, the delicacy at the time that we're able to record this, I mean, the, the stuff going on overseas is incredible right now. And, and that's not going to back down. Um, it's not going to back down at all. It's not like all of a sudden like, oh, it's going to be just fine as we walk into the doors of 2024. I think it's just going to get more intense. And you, t you have such a pr wonderful way that you you know, again, to help us cultivate our spirituality, you talk about the very importance of ceremony and different ceremonies that we can do and, and like as a tool to hone that with us, you know, with our home or with ourselves. So I'll let you keep, keep, keep going, keep talking. Well, I ceremony is so important and we've gotten so far removed from tradition and ceremony and um just the importance of gratitude uh, i just finished a fantastic mm -hmm. book by uh elliot cowan he wrote he actually wrote the book back in 2014 and it's plant spirit medicine and his whole life he was able to speak with plants and it was just incredible to he developed incredible relationships with the Wicholpi and hopi indians and they said, oh, you poor Americans, you poor Americans, you strive for all these letters after your name and, and to achieve all what you think is wealth and you don't know how to grow corn. Mm -hmm. I loved that um, according to American standards, you know, they're living in teepees and huts and, and, you know, they've got dirt floors and they don't have clothes. And according to American standards, we would call them poor and we would say, oh, those poor, you know, Hopi Indians or, oh, you know, we, we would have derogatory things to say about them. And they look at us like we're idiots mm -hmm. because we strive for the wrong things. And, and they have these very deep spiritual practices. They have vision quests where they, they develop their purpose in life and they understand who they are, what they are, what their gift is to this world. And, Everything they do is based and rooted in ceremony and tradition. If they kill an animal, they do an enormous ceremony because that animal sacrificed its life to help their tribe. And they utilize everything from all the meat and um, the furs and everything they utilize. The horn on the hooves are used for tools and for jewelry. They use everything yep. and they show deep gratitude and you know, uh, here in Nashville, we've got all these transplants that are coming in and especially a lot of people from out West, they're moving out here. And it's so funny. They're just completely obliterating their backyards and they're chopping down hundred year old oak trees as if they are nothing mm. way, you know, we look at, and I'm sure a lot of, uh, I'm sure a lot of cultures see this, but in feng shui trees are known as the original shamans. And like they have deep, deep wisdom because they touch heaven and earth and they are rooted in the underworld. And so mm -hmm. they have deep wisdom to give us. And for, 
a human to just go in and, you know, treat it like a commodity. Like I'm going to chop this sucker down. I need to get rid of it so I can throw a pool in Mm -hmm. such a 3d way of, of looking and, and like, that's vibrational. That is a, a low vibration of a me culture. This is about me and what yep. I want in this now moment. And they're striving to fill a void that is not going to be filled without spiritual matter. That's right. And, you know, to, to just pull in and, and, you know, again, people who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you, you, you have taken in uh, the forecast for America, the current forecast that was done back in June of the very year we're in as a country. It's the 18 vibration. It's a nine year. We're in a year of finalizations, endings, conclusions as a country, but it is the higher vibration through the 18 of spiritual material conflict. And that is something that we've got to pick up the phone as Americans and answer it until well, July. And and we've got to get back to spirituality as, as a nation because the materialism is only going to bring us to conflict that we have to avoid, that we can avoid, you know, in our personal way that we can keep our vibration and, you know, in our frequency high not if you're striving for the material as an american right now uh and through july of 2024 it's not going to turn out too well <laughs> yeah well and what's really interesting is that um you know you've talked about all the new moons being in 20 which is spiritual awakening i guess there's the lunar holding pattern this year absolutely yes what's very interesting is that we've got the chinese new year coming up in february and what i've when I started kind of looking into the year, I, I usually start getting into it a little bit more in December, but uh, for the show today, I was looking into it a little bit and I, I just always have to laugh because, you know, with the feng shui, the Chinese astrology, your astrology, the numerology, everything always coincides. There's a it does. This, folks. Isn't uh, that fun? I just love how it backs each other up. I, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's so always, keep going. Yeah. It, it, it always aligns. And um, what I loved about this is that you were talking about how we're in this spiritual awakening and we're in this 18 universal year. And uh, not no, that, that just to clarify that um, we're in an 18 personal year as a nation, as a nation, America. Yes. And then but we are in we, we're finishing uh, the the year of stillness and the silent listen was the universal seven year for 2023. So you're going to talk about the dragon year and then I'm going to tie in some, some eight universal year details with that too, because I think I, and you and I have not talked about this yet, which is going to be fun is that we don't know how it's going to actually line up until the moment of now. <laughs> well, but what's interesting is as always, everything aligns and we're headed into uh, Chinese New Year starts on February 10th and we're headed into the year of the wood dragon. And so we are in uh, a, a, by looking at it through cycles, we are about to enter a new cycle. We have not had a wood dragon year since 1964, which think about the 60s. 
Very interesting right there. Mm -hmm. So we are, the way that the Chinese elements works is there's five elements. Um, There's wood, water, metal, earth, and fire. And so we have not had a wood dragon since 64 and we are starting a new cycle. We are, we're re up. So we're back to wood and wood is represented by Jupiter. So the reason why this is important is because in Chinese astrology, the wood dragon, wood represents growth. It represents um, the sprouting of a new beginning. It's about growth and something new. It's very new. It's like the little dinky tiny seed that has just sprouted up in the earth it's not a big oak tree yet it's sprouting Mm. it's something new is about to be birthed and i love the fact that we are re-upping on our elements we have not been in a wood dragon since the 60s which the 60s is when we had a lot of turmoil with Mm -hmm. war and government and assassinations and a lot of turmoil yeah, because now he was, uh, Kennedy, he was 63 assassinated? 63. Yes, so that was just before that wood dragon year began in 64. Yeah. Okay. Which the death had to occur to have a rebirth. Correct. So I just find it interesting that we've gone through all of our elements and next year <laughs> we're re-upping. And dragon energy is... It's really like in in Chinese culture, everybody strives to have a dragon baby. Dragons are very, very important in Chinese culture. It represents charisma, longevity, uh, abundance. Um, uh, Dragons tend to be idealistic and generous and ambitious. And so it kind of checks all the boxes of all the qualities that we want in a human being. Correct. And it's... Uh, so everybody strives to have a dragon baby, but a, a wood dragon in particular is really important because that wood element is all about um, something new, something it's, it's mystical and mythical. So time mm-hmm. it's, it's 2024 is just with everything that we've been through with the pandemic and um, we've been kind of going through this slow burn of a death. It's like, mm-hmm. feel like 24. It's probably not going to feel like it, but we're going to look back and go, that's when the seeds started to get like, they've been planted, but the seeds started to kind of pop up and we started getting glimpses of what this new energy could potentially be. I, uh, yeah, it's, it, it it's so interesting that you, um, you know, circle back to what was going on in the sixties and, and, and it's interesting with how the Chinese, uh, timing and how their cycles work line up with the Western way of looking at astrology, because like you mentioned Jupiter, but whatever animal you are, whatever animal year you were born under, that has to do with the 12, because Jupiter takes 12 years to go around the entire Western Zodiac. So it spends about a year or so in every single sign. So that's why it takes 12 years to get around the 12 signs. So you have a Jupiter return in your life every 12 years, which matches when your, your animal year comes back up. But 
like you said, we haven't completed the cycle of this wood dragon since 64 because we haven't been in an elemental year of the wood dragon. We've had the metal, the air, and all, you know, the water and the fire years in between every 12 years. And what, so when the, the uh, how it was always explained to me is that the Chinese say when you turn 60 as a as an age and maturity in your life is when some of your greatest wisdom shows up to be you know explored as a human you know as your human being self which also aligns so it's the fifth time you've had your animal year come back and it's the the completion of your second saturn return which is another western astrology thing you go you've been through two of those and by the time you're 60. so um it it is like you say like there's this this kind of like fun fusing dance that goes on that it doesn't matter what perspective on this planet that you may be taking in to find spiritual insight guidance knowledge they all back you up with what you need to know about the now and yourself and and what's cooking (laughs) well and i want to mention so you just mentioned that we the the chinese astrology heralds the the age 60 and the reason why that's so important is because that, that is the year that your animal and your element are exactly as birth so yeah it's the same it's 20, like a return in in other words like we say in western astrology you're having a saturn return you have a solar return every year when you have a birthday because the sun is back positioned where it was when you were born so it's the same thing with chinese is right you're back in that elemental year. It took five cycles of 12 years to get there, but you got there. (laughs) Yeah. So when I was born, I'm a fire dragon and I will have my return of fire dragon in 2036 and I will be turning 60. Exactly. Yes. So that's, that's how that aligns. But I just, I find it interesting that everything is really setting us up in a way so that it's like the universe is giving us training wills to really set us up for success, to get spiritual matter in our lives. And it's setting us up for success to understand the woes of our ways and to say, huh, I've been doing it this particular way for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And it doesn't, however your language is, it, you know, something is off, something doesn't feel right. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I'm, I'm starting to hear more people talk like this. And it's because we've really been indoctrined with, oh, you don't feel right. Go drink with your friends. That's a, that's a heavy one in our culture. Go get drinks with your your buddies. Go get drinks with your friends. Or um, let's get together and go shopping. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, Sally Jones down the street got the XYZ white house and picket fence. And we've got the little house. I want what Sally has. And, you know, the whole concept of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. And so you kind of been an indoctrin in this idea that the void that you feel is, you can you can fix it you can fill it you can make it go away by these like you said external things 
and the external things are never ever going to feel that fill that void the only way that you're oh my god how funny i've got um the skype thing up on my uh computer as i'm talking to you and disney is literally advertising the movie elemental Showing the fire symbol and the water symbol. There there we go. I mean, I I don't know what I feel about. I don't know how I personally feel about Disney anymore after all the hubbub. I don't care about that, but I just love it. But I do find the sign of Elemental to be very interesting as we are recording this. So I I take it. I'll I'll take take it. it. I want to um, take that share good. This. I'll take it good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take it. I want to share this uh, little section that I wrote in my book. This is in chapter five, and I call it wielding energy. And I think it's in the first show, we really talked about how we got indoctrined with um, this idea that we can fill that void externally and how uh, the corporations that we worked for really um made sure that we could make enough money to buy the products that we made in the factories and how, you know, it was ungodly and, you know, it was against your religion and it was against being American if you did not do these things. And so we've been, the gaslighting has been so strong in us that we can't quite figure out why those things don't work anymore. And so I, this is just a little tiny blurb in my book, but this kind of gives you a flavoring of, I think a lot of people hear the word feng shui and they think I'm going to tell them where to put their couch or how to hang their drapes. And this book is not that. It is not that at all. This book is about um, the energy of things and and how we get spiritual matter back into our lives. That's right. Um, That's how I was trained. That's that's what real feng shui is. So here's a little blurb in my book that I think is very valuable as Sharita and I have been talking about energy, vibration, and frequency, and why it matters. In um, what chapter did I say this was? This is in chapter five. (laughs) As long as spiritual matter pulls or pushes you like a belligerent tyrant, you will be unable to find your center, and this is what becomes the void. Striving to find your way through desire, addiction, and excess, you lose your identity in egocentric self-indulgence. Your chi becomes erratic, disease evolves seemingly out of nowhere, and suddenly everything is against you rather than conspiring for you, and you suffer what Buddhists define as dukkha. In order to strengthen your chi and wield energy in a powerful way, you have to become free from attachment and lower frequencies. In order to become free, You have to unlock the chain that preoccupies you to the label that hinders you. For example, labels like the acquisition of more money, achieving more status, achieving more power, and striving for the perfect body, or attaining a bigger house, owning a better car, etc., etc. These are all empty attachments that promise gratification, but are ultimately fruitless and make you suffer. These are shallow desires that do not lead to satisfactory fulfillment and instead allow the ego to thrive like wildfire. While the desire may not leave you right away, shedding the need for the label can occur through a rich and complete spiritual practice. With increased wisdom, study, and humility, the desire for non-spiritual matter will fall away and you'll extricate yourself from the material things 
and seek silence and calm to connect to the divine, a.k.a. puttering. <laughs> Here, you'll discover how it all is and know that we are all connected. This is how you cultivate your chi and raise your vibration. And this is necessary when doing a mystical practice like feng shui. So I think that when we're talking about this idea of the art of puttering, it is a frequency. Yeah. People don't feel comfortable with this idea of not doing anything. God forbid if I'm idle, there's something wrong with me. Right? They, they feel guilty. There's like a guilt, which guilt will kill everybody. And, and you can't just confess it away all the time either. I don't think, um, you know, that's, that's my spiritual understanding. Um, but, but it's very feel, vibrational. We feel guilty because we're not busy. And, and, and that has become, I think, just, it's the, I don't know if it's the exact like root of the issue that needs to be like, quote unquote cured because we're not getting what society has done is we you said it as as well very brilliantly in the beginning of we're never given any tools about how to have a spiritual life at all i mean look look at our education system that's not going to do it for you um so where do you do it unless you just go seek it for your own you know your own obviously sense of satisfaction and your sense of i you know what there is something i need to fill but it's not because i need to go buy something or i need to go have a drink at the bar with my friends to get over it you know Um, yeah i i think that so that's the problem is if you really get connected to pop culture, if you watch TV and shows and things, it's um, the idea of the women go shopping or the, the, the guys go out for beers. It's, you know, it, those are the coping mechanisms. And um, I actually, I talk about that in the book. I say many of our traditions revolve around drinking and consumerism as if the celebration has been given a hall pass for bad behavior And then I say, you know, let it be clear, there's nothing wrong with the celebrations we have. However, many people have no idea what what the celebration is really about. Right. Like we don't know. We eat a bunch of food at Thanksgiving. But do we really know what that means? And we eat a bunch of food at Christmas. But do we really know what that means? It's been completely. Thank you. Because the, the tradition of these holidays have been they've become completely lost. There isn't simplicity in it. And, you know, especially going back to the the obvious practice of gratitude. Yeah, I say tradition and ceremony are key ingredients to achieving spiritual samadhi or a state of joy. But it can't be treated as a party trick or something you dabble in. In order to do this, you have to learn to flow with the cosmic current, find your Tao. And in doing this, you lose that label and limitation and see the bigger picture. Otherwise, you stay caught up in the shallows, thinking life is constantly attacking you. And in the modern world, we have been conditioned to shy away from tradition and ceremony because we've been taught that it's antiquated and weird. So I, I think well, that- too much woo going on, you know? <laughs> well, and I, I go on to say, it's a tool that brings you closer to a higher state of being. When you have a spiritual practice in a culture that dotes on collecting knowledge via fast news, social media, 
and creating a quick opinion from it, turn instead to ancient wisdom and tradition to seek your true light and gain real wisdom. If you are going to change your way of thinking and to change your reality, you have to move past the illusion. You have to facilitate your own journey into initiation through experience and stop trying to think your way through everything. And it's so true because we've been in doctrine with this idea that we have to reason our way through it. We have to think our way through it. We have to achieve our way through it. And it's funny, a girlfriend of mine sent a meme to me this morning, and it was something to the effect of the planet doesn't need more successful, high-achieving people. Uh, The the planet needs... uh, more peacemakers, yes. healers, storytellers, and lovers. I've, uh, I've seen that one, and it's that, that I like that meme. It's a good one. Let that go viral. <laughs> yeah, like, it, but it's so true. Like, in this process of trying to find a, a job, which you know I don't want, but I have to have. I have to because I have to be a part of the system. Because you know my landlord will kick me out if I don't pay rent, which really sucks. But. Um, it's this idea that I, it's forcing me to be a part of a system that I don't want to be a part of, but, you know, in looking for a job, the, the word, you know, it's like, you have to be articulate. You have to speak well, you have to have good communication. We want, this is a performance based role. We want high achievers. And it's like this hard, young, masculine energy. And it's like, we need to get back to this this balance where it's yin and yang and we've got softness to things and we've got emotional intelligence and we've got mm-hmm. the soft skills. We, we've been on the hard skills for so long that we've lost touch to the things that really matter. And that is, that's a frequency, that's a, a vibration that we have been in. And that's why you have things... Uh, like war, because in places like Afghanistan, Israel, uh, uh, Ukraine, if you look at these places, they have continually had war and there's energy residue there that is so thick and so deep. I I say in the book that it's like um, energy cobwebs that Mm -hmm. the only way that you can clear those away is through love and spiritual practice and and kindness. And the only way that's going to change is if you change the spiritual consciousness and there's so much young masculine fight, push, strive, kill energy. Yeah. It's going to take a lot to get that cleared out. And you don't need people focusing on, Oh my gosh, these poor people in Israel. Oh my gosh, these poor people in Ukraine. Oh my, you know, every time there's a war, we we, we go into these low vibrational energy uh, energies of sadness, despair, guilt. Those are low energies. I, I call those below the cross energies. Right. We need to be in above the cross energies of love and joy and peace and sending that to them. Those. Yep. To elevate that consciousness, because when you send those people's uh, guilt, sadness, despair, you're just giving them what they already have. That's right. And 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 I've been it's funny because I had uh, I've been doing a series of interviews with um 
uh, another special guest that we've had here uh, on the show more than once, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Murray, who is, of course, has served this this nation and has seen a lot of things overseas in places like Afghanistan. And, um, you know, he's he's watched some pretty horrid things in his career, military career. And when I closed uh, the first interview with him, uh, you know, he asked me what what were my parting words or what would be my my you know words, and I said we have to shift to the space of love. That's the only way we're going to evolve as a human race at this point. We cannot solve what's going on anymore with this hate. It just doesn't it just doesn't work anymore. Whether we're in America or we're overseas or whatever country you're in. The only way we evolve is the practice of love, the energy of love. And we have to hold space for those people that, you know, yes, it is sad and hard what is going on, but they've contracted into that entire experience. And we have to understand that part. And that's when you get deep and still you start to understand that that is part of how this works is that people are contracted at this time for whatever it is that is going on. And their soul, even if they do pass away, their soul, their spirit is still available because, lo- because love never dies, number one. If, if you get into the mediumship and all that, their energy is, it, it, may, it may not be in this human suit, this physical human suit anymore, but it is still accessible. And yeah. So if we can, and that's where, you know, you, 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 we pull in this whole attachment understanding because we are attached to the physicality of people. Obviously we love them in this physical human suit, but if we learn to understand, we still have a relationship with them in spirit. And that was a lot of the things that I got into in the last episode, um, navigating grief through the holidays, because that is such an important thing to understand is that we still have this connection with them because we're honoring them in a spiritual understanding and doing ceremony and doing things that they're still able to communicate with us. So everything well, it's a great introduction. Oh, it has a lot of people in the Western world are not accustomed to ceremony and tradition they do think it's weird and so when you're experiencing grief it can be a great invitation to experiment with um maybe doing some otherworldly mystical things that you've never tried before it could be a great invitation or a bridge to um open you up to the idea of well what if today I lit a candle on this person's behalf? That's ceremony. That's mm-hmm. honoring and showing reverence to somebody um, that's no longer in the, the spiritual meat suit, as I call them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we have lived many lives. We've we've been in America. We've been in France. We've been in Italy. We, you know, we've we. I know that for a fact that I've reincarnated like something like 4,700 times. Like and so many, <laughs> I'm clearly failing at life. <laughs> oh, and, and you and I have had to have known each other in Japan at some point because I've been told I, you know, I, well, I told, I've been told I did the work I do now. I did it for the Japanese high council in another lifetime. And I lived yeah, in most of my life. I have been, 
uh, a Tibetan monk and a Buddhist monk. And like, I've been a monk and a priest in like so <laughs> many of my lives. <laughs> well, and that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, knowing you as I, as I know you in this life. And it's, it's funny because that particular Japanese life, I was told, you know, that I, you know, I did this work and, and, you know, did, did I, I like basically worked with the Japanese government or, or whatever was considered the high council at, at that point in history. And I lived in a house on a hill. <laughs> and, and I, and I also did a lot of writing. And now what do I do in this life? I'm, well, I haven't started working with the government yet. And I think it's one of the few ways that we could straighten this out. Because if we, if we really could, could run this country through understanding astrology and numerology, we might actually get somewhere in healing it. And, uh, but I live in a house on a hill again, and I write all the time. And so it's interesting and I, I, you know, I've always been attracted to Feng Shui and long before I had, you know, you and I ever uh, had the uh, opportunity and the wonderful opportunity to cross paths. But I have such a connection. Um, I always tell people like, you know, I don't read past lives. I don't understand. I don't do all of that. But I understand how to kind of guide you to if you have this familiarity with uh, you know, a period in history or like you're just sort of not morbidly obsessed, but like, you know, you just have this draw or there's something that just like you, you're, you just want to learn more. You're eager. You've been there before more than likely, like your draw to it in this particular human suit is something that is satisfying. Hmm. My spirit understands this and it, and it kind of becomes very easy once you like pick up and go, Oh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That all makes perfect sense, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I know that sometimes it stretches people's, um, I don't think too many people listening unless they're first time listeners to the podcast. I don't think I'm stretching anybody's, uh, brain cells too much to say you've been here before in another human suit, you know, uh, multiple times. So, um, yeah, I, you, you I might, the, I'm sure way more than one go around, but I, I definitely know we did one in Japan. <laughs> I think the challenge for most people at this time frame is that it's very easy to get caught up in the trivial things that we think or have been indoctrined to think that is important and it's not. And the beautiful thing is, is that I I can see it. I can see through, not everybody, but I can see through people where they're starting to question things like, you know what? I really, I don't want to work 80 hours a week anymore. Like I, I want to spend more time with my family and, and like, I'd like to slow down and I'd like to um, spend a little bit more time doing the things that I enjoy. And, and I think that we, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, we would have these inner inklings like mm, something's not quite right. And we would have the desire to maybe putter or indulge in a hobby and we would feel guilty and we wouldn't um, allow ourselves to indulge in, in such nonsense. And I think that we're, we're starting to awaken, which is what's beautiful about these, uh, these time frames that we're going through when you look at the astrology and like the new moons that are coming up it, it's 
these beautiful set of training wheels from the universe mm -hmm. going, okay, you're, you're struggling a bit. I'm going to really give you um, some tools here to help you understand that it is okay to slow down. It That's is okay to not work. And, and I think too, we've been, our culture has really been ingrained with this idea that from the moment that we get up to the moment that we get to sleep, we have to be going and doing and busy and nonstop. And if we don't have a to-do list that we're lazy, we're unproductive and we're broken. And I think that I'm finally starting to see people question that and they still haven't fully embraced the idea of it's okay to sit here and stare at this tree. We're getting there, but I think that what is happening, I think for a lot of folks is they're starting to slow down a little bit and they're getting maybe not a hundred percent, but they're getting little glimpses of the beauty of puttering and they're tapping into that alpha brain state getting out of the beta and getting into the alpha and they're touching that samadhi and they're right. like, Oh my God, like I don't need to do a line of Coke or smoke, you know, weed or drink or shop or, you know, uh, watch porn or, you know, whatever the label attachment thing is. I can literally just sit here and breathe and I feel freaking awesome. Yeah. And I think people are starting to get little glimpses of that and they're, they're starting to question. They still feel guilty, especially us older folks like Gen Xers and boomers. I, I, and I'm seeing, starting to see this greatly in my mom, just since she retired, she's really starting to open up to the idea. You know, she just turned 70 and I've been weird my whole life. And you know, she never disowned me. She never questioned me. She would just kind of raise an eyebrow like, okay. <laughs> but now, like the things that are coming out of her mouth, like the other day when I, uh, you know, I was questioning my apartment. She's like, well, we just have to manifest something better. Well, yeah, that's something me and my circle of friends would say. That is not something my mother would say. Like, but I'm starting to see her touch that samadhi since she has slowed down. She used to be, she was an ER nurse for 35 years. And oh, so wow. she's used to being on her feet for 12 hour shifts. She's used to doing doubles. She's used to chaos mm -hmm. and trauma mm -hmm. and loud noises and go, go, go because somebody's life depends on it. That's right. And I'm starting and to God bless her. people who do that kind of work which does require you being in that kind of, because it is an emergency. I mean, you know, the, the, that kind of situation is a different thing than being like, like signing up for it voluntarily. Do, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You, you know, like people who are just like, Oh, I gotta stay in the busy buzzable world. But you know, somebody who's actually saving somebody's life, that that's a different resonance of, you know, what that means. But I'm seeing since she, so she retired last year um, and she's already looking for work. I'm like, oh, my God, you need to. Go. <laughs> um, but like I'm starting to see now that she doesn't have that string attached to her where she has to go into work or get called in or something. She's starting to really become more pliable and she's starting to slow down. And 
you know, I've always puttered. She'll, you know, she would text me 10 years ago and say, what, you know, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm puttering. I have no idea. I've got nothing done. I've started like 15 things and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm puttering. And she would be like, oh my God, you need to get a list and you need to get organized and you need to, you know, and I'd be like, holy cow. And, you know, she's a cat moon. So she's very all of that. And, and, and I, I was going to say, your, your mom's a Leo. So they, they, they got a to-do list a mile long every day and, and they might get three things of the 10 done, but they think they're going to get all 10 done. It's, it's well, a price and then that drives her. Yeah, that Capricorn moon will drive her completely. Oh, my God. She's militant. And so. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Well, there's Capricorn is the sign of work, you know, uh, guided by Saturn, which, of course, is going to be the planet in charge of, of 2024. So it's going to be a, de a delicate thing for people. What choices are they going to make in 2024? Are they going to be that achiever or are they going to choose to slow it down take a step back learn from the, the experience and not repeat the same mistake again and that's really if i could sum it up in a nutshell what 2020 you know what 2024 is going to ask of people um that's one way to look at it and um well and that's what that wood dragon it, it's it's a little bit of a juxtaposition because the dragon is uh it's a leadership uh animal and it's it, dragons have a terrible tendency of working themselves to death they they are the ones that will burn the candle on both ends yeah and, as will always do as well yeah and and the thing is is that yeah it mixes quite well with the saturn and it, it would push 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 and the only reason that dragons tend to get sick is because they work themselves to death mm -hmm. and so it's this juxtaposition where again i feel like the universe is giving us training wheels like we're gonna set you up with all of these beautiful new moons that are asking it's a, it's a lovely little invitation of how about instead of today we've got 25 things on our list we focus on one thing and then we spend maybe 30 minutes in a nature walk or maybe 30 minutes watching a movie or, or cooking or, you know, whatever it is. Listening to music can also put you in a lovely state yeah. and alpha state. I, I, I do that often. I mean, music is my, my thing. I don't own the TV. Um, not that I don't watch things obviously through the power of the internet, but I, music is, is how I, you know, when I get in my putter modes, you know, I put on my, my chill music or, you know, what, what, whatever I like to, to whatever the mood strikes me. And, uh, I, what's I, lovely is, I is that done that way in a way that it's not in, like you say, it's not a list. It's right. not a order. It's not a, you've got to do it this way or don't do it at all. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to let your energy flow like that. I mean, I, I, cause I've done it. I mean, I've done that quite often for many years now and I, and I love that puttering thing. It, it's the best. <laughs> well, and it, it, like I said, we've had years that have, um, really lit up the ego and, and been kind of like wildfire of, of, expanding that to-do list and, and getting stuff done. And I feel like this is a lovely invitation to really think differently, approach things in a new way. And, and we're, there's not only do we have the new moons, but we've got this 
wood dragon that is really asking us to not only look at things in a new way, but to really experience a different way of doing things to birth something new. So kind of like the, the, you know, reptiles that shed their skin, like how can you, as we approach this new year, shed that old skin and maybe say yes to something that you wouldn't normally say yes to, or maybe it's time to start saying no to things that you constantly say yes to. And and what's really great about this time, people are going to start listening to this in December. And and what's beautiful about this, this time of year is that we in America have our new years, which happens on December 31st, but you have an opportunity to do, a celebration and a ceremony on December 31st. And then you get to also have the opportunity to do one on February 10th. So right. you, you have this beautiful time frame. I love this time of year because of this, because it kind of allows you to hit the reset button on December 31st and say, okay, this is not about setting a list of goals and I've got to achieve. It's more about, what is it that I would like to feel this year? And what is it that I would like to experience? And, you know, as you start to think about those things and, and marinate on them, you may think, oh my gosh, I forgot to, you know, put this in there. Or I, you know, I really, you know what, instead of that, I'd really like to do this. And you get a little bit of a do-over come February 10th. Like you can mm-hmm. add to and subtract to, and you can just be in this beautiful puttering um, time frame between December and February and do these beautiful ceremonies. And it you don't have to complicate it. I do have some wonderful ceremonies in my book, but you don't have to complicate it. It can be as simple as writing a few things down and lighting a candle. It could be that, you know, you spend time cooking up a delicious meal with your family and each one of you goes around the table and you say what you're grateful for and maybe something that you would like to enjoy or experience in the new year. It can be that simple, but slowing down long enough to get in that vibrational space of dream work. None of us do that. We just, Oh, got to do this. I got to set these goals and goals are, very young energy. They're very masculine. And that's not what this is about. It's what would you like to experience? What would you, we need to get into those more soft skills and soften energy so that we can experience things and slow things down a bit. And when you can get into that energy, now you're getting into alpha, which is the love state. And when we Mm -hmm. get into that, we start softening and, that's where the big shift needs to be is we need to get out of that yang energy and bring in more of the yin energy so that there's more balance. We've been out of balance for far too long. Yeah, we're, you know, and I, I mean, even in, again, like you say, this cycle that is, you know, it's the last time we've had a wood dragon energy was in 64, you know, to early 65. It's interesting where we are now on a global scale once again and how where everything kind of got out of balance during that time in history and then what has transpired over these 60 years here we are we are at this beginning now coming into 2024 that's going to ask us okay we're going to do this the right way this time and we're going to birth it into something really accountable 
respectable uh, moral compass. Uh, that's going to be a lot of the qualities of the eight universal year. Uh, Saturn doesn't want to be doing, th- I mean, Saturn out of alignment and out of balance is power hungry and workaholic and, and all that weirdness that we don't need anymore. We need to slow down. Um, we need respect on the planet. And uh, for sure, we need all the love, money and creativity we can come up with. And if we are creative and we are doing all of that with love, the money will support us. It will naturally do that. Like you say, in that alpha state, but we get very fooled by thinking the beta world is going to satisfy everything. And it, and it simply just doesn't, you know, uh, it's frenetic. It, it's not, yeah. um, there's no way it's not sustainable. The only, and if you look back to, um, before the industrial revolution, which I mean, really started getting its roots in like 1850, 1860, it, it really took off in 1890. But when you think back to prior to that, um, of course we had the civil war, but you look to how people lived in farmhouses and how they were connected more to the land. And even yeah. those that lived in, in cities, you know, they're living by candlelight. And so they, they're honoring their circadian rhythms and there was more community things were far more communal than they are now. And so you have an epidemic of loneliness and anxiety because people don't have, you know, support in their lives. And we've become so disconnected in a seemingly very connected world. That's the paradox is that we're seemingly more connected than ever because of the internet. And yet we have an epidemic of loneliness. That is, well, and on that note, because we have actually reached the hour, can you believe it? Um, I was, no, I'm not surprised at all. Time, time with you just flies right by. Um, but one of the things I'm, I'm going to be doing in the new year is, is we're going to be getting all, all of the special guests together. And I, I want to put you, uh, Kate, and Lieutenant together in a roundtable. And I, I think we could have a conversation because to, to pull in like – a He's coming from such this very interesting, uh, you know, military perspective, but he's very open to all of this energy stuff, which I, you know, I find that, like you say about somebody in hit that, that way of softening and understanding, Hey, this is a little bit different than what I was trained to do. I was trained to be to combat in war. This is what I was trained to do, but he understands so much about how, you know, we've been fooled. And there's a lot of illusion where we have to unwind from. And um, we are going to get out of this as a human race. Uh, it's going to take some time. But any closing thoughts? Um, but we're, we're going to be doing that uh, early in uh, 2024 because I think that'll be a really fun um, to have just everybody bouncing conversation off each other because what you just said, that that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> about the charming internet and how we've gone a little bit uh, sidebar and sideways with that entire thing. (laughs) Yeah. No, I would say closing thoughts are, you know, there's, we've really been um, in indoctrined into this hustle culture and led to believe that it's going to fix all of our, our ails and, you know, fix the woes of our ways. And I think that, if you're feeling off, if things don't seem right, um, if you are feeling agitated or lonely or anxious or um, 
you know, if you find yourself saying things like, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, I don't know what it is, or it doesn't feel right. Um, it, that's, that's a sign of your energy system telling them that you lack spiritual matter. And what a, what a beautiful gift to, you know, go into a new year when we are, you know, there's a mental thing that occurs in a mental, in a new year that, it's a psychological thing of, Oh, I'm, you know, shedding the old year and I'm, I'm entering into a new year. So a lot of people will often do resolutions. I don't think those are a good idea. I think it's more of writing down, you know, what you would like to experience, not goals, but experience and do a ceremony about it. Do a ceremony for the year, include your failures. Your failures are your greatest gifts. They teach you so much and um, really show you, boundaries and what you're willing to tolerate and not tolerate and and really help you get to where you're going and between now and the chinese new year which is uh february 10th goes through february 24th um it's a beautiful time to put together ceremonies and write down what you would like to experience in 2024 and what resonates with you and get rid of what no longer serves you um, and find out what that is. What a gift, you know, do I like to cook? Do I want to walk? Do I want to color? Do I want to listen to music? I mean, oh my God, try it all. You know, that's let it right. be one big experiment. And, you know, I agree with you tenfold in closing thoughts of, you know, this infamous New Year's resolutions that people break by the time it's the end of January anyway, nine times out of 10 is the the fact that the cycle that you're in on a personal level doesn't change until your birthday will pass your solar return so in when you're navigating and 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 working with your lists and and your what you want to set your intentions for it should be in resonating with what your timing is about because you can't be planting certain things if that's not meant to be happening until maybe next year or the year after, or you should have done that maybe two years ago. <laughs> well, the resolutions feel icky. It feels like it, it, one it, more it, thing it, you have to yeah. do. Yep. Yep. So. so don't set goals. Don't set resolutions. Don't put more crap on your to-do list. Just, you know, get into a flow state of how would I like to putter this year? What are some things that I would like to enjoy and experience? And, you know, what are some things that I've been wanting to do and maybe haven't and and go into it with a state of joy and fun and childlike wonder instead of this is what I'm going to achieve, which is such a young energy. We need to start getting more into those softer skills and and softer outlook on life. And I I think it's going to create more joy and, when we can get into that frequency and we can get more people in that frequency, that's when we start to raise consciousness. You got it. On that note, we will keep it. That's what we do here. It's all about uh, connecting to consciousness and um, working with that. So thank you so much for joining us uh, yet again. And um I'm going to, like I said, I'm really looking forward to the round table in 2024 with everybody. And uh, where can everybody find you and find that uh, must have for anyone on your list who is looking to raise their consciousness uh, book of yours? 
<laughs> yeah, you can find me at gatesinteriordesign.com. That is kind of like the uh, main place where you can find everything. But if you just go to Amazon, you can find the book. It's called Feng Shui for the Soul, How to Achieve More Ohm from Your Home. There's another book with a similar title. That's a whole nother topic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about it somewhere at some place at some time. But um the my book is like purple and yellow and bright and pretty and it it feels good but it's called feng shui for the soul how to achieve more own from your home and um amazon is probably the best place you can get it from yeah or from you do you have copies that you sign i do um it, it, it's a little bit slower than amazon but if you're a patient person <laughs> you can get one. And hey 2024 <laughs> is going to be asking for a lot of patience out of the humans too so no no better time than to stop the insta world that we've become too reliant upon because that's unnatural right yeah. all right well thank you so much yeah. again for joining us and uh we look forward to talking to you in our uh upcoming year of the fire dragon i mean the fire dragon you are the fire dragon we're gonna talk the to you wood dragon a dragon <laughs> all right And as always, thank you so much for being here and taking another silent listen to the Shavita Star Empower Hour. Be sure to connect with the go-to link from today's episode to learn more about Amanda's book, Feng Shui for the Soul. Make it part of your gifting with purpose this holiday season. Equally, with great advanced gratitude, please kindly share this podcast if it resonates with you to do so. Stay tuned for December 15th for more empowerment conversation on why your personal forecast is your best resolution for staying empowered in 2024's new year as we tap into understanding the value of how our own astrological and numerological forecasting allows us to consciously work alongside our collective universal new year. This is Shavita Starr from Mind, Body, Spirit FM, signing off for today's message to never compromise living consciously. Take good care of each other. And namaste, dear stars.
I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.